0: Welcome to Be the King Podcast, the place for men who desire to create an impact in this world. Join host Tim Holloway as he leads the call to action in a time where our families and communities are suffering due to men failing to be the man. This podcast explores what it really means to be the king. All right, men, welcome back to Be the King Podcast. Happy Monday. It's a little bit late, but it's better. Late than never. So was thinking about not doing this podcast and just skipping it because I had a hard time last week with my back and stuff. So at any rate, here we are and we are in the man question of the day. And it goes like this. My wife wants me to go to church with her, but I don't want to go. What should I do? <sighs> hard question. Uh, I think the first thing that needs to take place is this conversation with your wife about religion and spirituality first. And that is a commitment that the relationship is going to continue on, even though you might have different belief systems. So I was raised, uh, um, a strict, uh, Pentecostal and, um, you know, we weren't particularly allowed to marry somebody who didn't have the same faith that we did. Um, Of course, I abandoned a lot of those ideas as I began to, to grow up. But the key thing here is this, is that it's not going to ruin each other. It's perfectly okay and fine for your wife to have a different belief system than you do as long as uh, she doesn't worship Satan. No, but uh, as long as it doesn't interfere with the relationship and and being happy and uh, things like that. Now, I can say if you, you know, you got different religions and you both are hardcore about your religion, you're going to have a little bit of trouble when you start producing children, (laughs) Um, so there's gonna be conflict there. Um, so just know that if you're you know, if you're in that situation. But at any rate, so your wife wants to go to ch- want you to go to church. So, you know, we have um my wife and I grew up with uh, different belief systems. Uh, We've kind of adopted pretty similar belief systems, Um, but at any rate, there's still family gatherings where we go to a Mormon church. No, I wasn't raised in any more uh, Mormonism. In fact, uh, Pentecostals think they're of the devil, right? They think everybody's of the devil. Anybody who doesn't believe the way they do, they're of the devil. And so there's this belief system and stuff. So I don't mind going to family functions and and uh, going to, you know, a Mormon church. At any rate, if my wife was a diehard Mormon and she tried to convince me to convert to her religion, we would have problems. And so what's going on here is like, so this man is asking, my wife wants me to go to church. I don't want to go. What should I do? There's conflicting value systems here that you have to be okay with. And so you have to have the conversation that I'm going to pursue spirituality my way, and you're going to pursue spirituality your way, and that this is going to be okay. This is going to be okay, and that it's not going to destroy us. And here's what you got to be okay with, is that your wife is going to pursue her church, and that she's going to have church friends and she's going to have activities with the church. And you got to be okay with all of those things, just like she has to be okay with you not participating. Um, and so conversate and work these things out. Uh, my personal opinion, I think the church demasculates men and causes us to sing songs and, and, uh, to a man uh, which is just crazy. Like in real life, we wouldn't sit around singing a bunch of songs to our father, um, you know, so "kumbaya" and 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 uh, doing that sort of thing. So, my personal opinion is, is that it highly demasculates men and and puts us into the realm of singing songs to a man and uh, not actually accomplishing anything great. And so I just haven't seen it in any of the scriptures. I didn't see the 12 disciples going around singing Kumbaya to Jesus everywhere that he went uh, every single day. And every single time they got it. I just don't see it. So my personal opinion is that, uh, that it's okay that if you don't want to go to church. But develop some sort of uh, connection and spirituality for yourself. All right. So we are in the man, quote of the day in it goes like this adversity toughens manhood and the characteristics of the good or the great man is not that he has been exempt from the evils of life but that he has surmounted them this is patrick henry so often this is the case that adversity struggle makes a man And so if I didn't go through my childhood of neglect and abuse and abandonment and being taken away and, you know, all these things that took place, uh, um, uh, runaway drug abuse, um, different situations that came into play in my life, I don't know if I would have been the same person. And so these adversities, these pains, these struggles that we go through as men, they actually shape us. And if you've been through a divorce, um, you've been through a relationship that failed, and you got your act together and you started building yourself up, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Though you have went through the divorce, went through the pain, went through the struggle, went through the, the wilderness experience, when you go through that and decide to continue on and improve and learn, you come through the other side. And that other side is the place of power. So this is no new story to, um, to us. We know the hero's journey. We know how it starts, the humble beginnings, the, the pain that he goes through the, the time where it looks like he was down for the count and, and it was all over, but then he comes triumphing through the adversity and wins. And so that's any story that we go through. This is um, the test of what causes us to become a man. This is what causes us to become, to grow. And so we look at our challenges and we say this. Now let's bring this down to the realness. We as men can have multiple different challenges. We can have mental illnesses. We can have PTSD. We can have anxiety. We can have a broken relationship. We could be dealing with addictions. And these are the things that I'm talking about. These are the things that we must face in our hero's journey. Some of us face where everything was going good for us, where we made a lot of money, where we, you know, we had the, the boat, the truck, the car, and we had all those things, but still had to learn that there was emptiness and there was vanity inside of that. That was your hero's journey, discovering purpose and passion even throughout all that. So every man must go through adversity. And this adversity is meant to educate us, and it's meant to cause us to grow. But here's the sad fact, that many men decide to be overcome or destroyed by their adversity, and they do this by giving up. They do this by succumbing to their addictions. They do this by not creating passion and purpose in their life, and they decide to to let the adversity beat them up. If that's you today, make a different choice. Learn from your adversity through your struggles. And get educated and begin to grow and expand. Alright, so we are in the Men Creating Impact version of this podcast. And we are going to talk about lying. So we, we touched on it a little bit about facing denial and such. But we're going to just go a tad bit deeper today. So somewhere along the way in childhood, we learn that lying works. We use it to get out of trouble. We use it to get attention. We get a need or a want fulfilled, or we simply use it for entertainment. So here, here's the fact that we all face that we're all liars and that we lie. And that the only way to really grow and and expand is to begin to walk in the truth. You know, a lot of us are familiar with the boy who cried wolf. And uh, if you're not, I'll just give you a synopsis so you know exactly what I'm talking about. But it was about a little shepherd boy who continually lies. And he continually lies about a wolf being present. Now, I imagine he's doing this for fun and for entertainment, but at any rate, he lies that a wolf is coming and the whole village comes and responds to the little boy. And then they show up and of course there's no wolf present and he begins to giggle. He begins to laugh and the villagers leave angry and frustrated but what begins to happen is the wolf actually comes, right? And the boy begins to cry, wolf, wolf, wolf. And of course, as this, we know the story goes, nobody responds to the young boy. And the reason why nobody responds is because he cried wolf over and over again, repeatedly. And the punchline of the story is this nobody believes a liar even if he's telling the truth. Now, this is a crazy thing from childhood. We kind of pick this up and we become accustomed to it. We, we learn somewhere along the way. I don't know where exactly where we learn it, but we learn that lying works. Lying gets us attention, right? A little baby um, whining when there's really nothing wrong. So they can get the parent to come. It's, it's, it's plain, uh, uh, a story or, or or falsehood, and it actually worked and and we benefited from it. so so we think we can go ahead and continue to do this again and reap the same benefits. So what happens is this begins to grow and expand. A line just doesn't just uh, stay there. It grows and expands inside of a man's life. And they've actually proven this with studies. they've studied five-year-olds, all the way up to, I believe it was eight, five to eight years old. And so the five-year-olds, they found that 30% lied. And as they go up to eight years old, 70%. So you can see just from five to eight, we get more accustomed to lying. It becomes more comfortable. It becomes the norm. And so what do we do? we as a man just need to simply acknowledge it and understand this is that we've been born into a world that is somehow in a sense programmed to be defective and that we have to acknowledge these things and begin to correct them. Now it's first recognizing this is that growing up, I have been trained in some way or fashion that lying is acceptable, that lying has got me certain rewards in life, and that I have used it repeatedly. Now, if you are claiming that you're not, I'm telling you once again, you're lying. And so it's only facing the facts about this and begin to acknowledge it and deciding that I'm not going to be a liar anymore. And how does that play out? It plays out like this, that I'm going to be honest first with myself about my impact, about how I'm doing spiritually, about how I'm doing physically, about how I'm doing in my relationship, about how I'm doing in every way or fashion. And taking an honest look at yourself is what is needed to begin to grow and to expand. You see, we look at sports, right, and, and they've mastered the art of juking and bluffing, and, and many uh, football games are won by the mastering the art of deception, and deception works. You know, we, we look at uh, um, playing poker and putting on our poker face and, and pretending um, that we don't have a certain hand in this stuff, and, and, it, and it gets us the results that we want. But here's the reality in life is that when we bluff, when we pretend, when we stuff our emotions and we don't talk about it and we pretend that everything is okay, it doesn't work out that way. Lying kind of works until one day it doesn't. And all of a sudden, the lies begin to close in on us. And the only thing that is going to help us is the recognition that we are lying, we are lying, and begin to look at ourselves in an honest fashion and be committed to the truth. I will see you tomorrow. Peace.